0: Lord, we just thank you for this evening. We thank you for the opportunity to come before you and to look at your word. We ask that you be with us and, and just to lead, lead us in what you'd have us to see and understand in your son's name. Amen. Psalm 56. To the chief musician upon the Jonath L. Jonath e. Rech Kohikim Mictam of David when the Philistines took him in Gath. Goth trouble reading now, obviously. Be merciful unto me, O God, for men would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresses me. My enemies would daily swallow me up, for they are many that fight against me, O you most high. What time I am afraid, I will trust in you. In God, I will praise his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. Every day they rest my words, though all their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together, they hide themselves, they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity? In, the, in your anger cast down the people, O God. You tell my wanderings, but, my, but you my... Put you my tears in your bottle, are they not in your book? When I cry unto you, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is with me. In God I will praise his word, in the Lord I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust, I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Your vows are upon me, O God, I will render praise unto you, for you have delivered my soul from death. Will not you deliver my feet from falling? that I may walk before God in the light of the living." All right, uh, a song of David. <coughs> when, he had, when the Philistines had taken him for, for a short time, it says, Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He, fighting daily, oppresses me. And this is the, uh, this is David is saying, be merciful. And we've talked about mercy. Don't give me what I deserve, God. And he's just pleading with God to be merciful. He says, "For man would swallow me up," and kind of what we were talking about today—you know, this thirst for blood, the the law against the flesh, uh, the, the flesh and the law against the spirit. And David's saying, "Men just want to consume me; they want to devour and and, and control me." And he says, "He fighting daily oppresses me and squeezes and presses and." You know, and we know what that's like sometimes to be, feel so harassed, it's a daily attack, it's a constant attack, it's not, it seems like there's no relenting. And that is what David is making his complaint of, is that there's no relenting in this, in this attack. Well hi, you made it.
1: I was doing something, I looked at the clock, I
0: said 5 o'clock, I said oh shit. <laughs> But, he, but he's saying, you know, man man wants to swallow me up, and they constantly, there's no let up of the attacks. And he's praying, God, you know, help me. Help me, even though it's constant. And um, he says, my enemies daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me. Oh, you most high. And doesn't that seem the way it is sometimes? When we're wanting to serve God, it seems like everything can come against us. And it's just... Every side there's an attack, you know, somebody trying to stop us, something trying to stop us. Um, My mom likes to say, you know, if it's not one thing, it's another type deal, you know. And it's just like one thing after another, sometimes multiple things at the same time are coming at us from all directions. And this is what David's saying, you know, my enemies would daily, Psalm 56, verse 2. Verse Verse, 2, okay, just My enemies would daily swallow me up, and there are many of them. <laughs> and this is if we're if we're focused on what's going wrong in our life, it will seem like it is much. That's why I talk a lot about the song "Count Your Blessings." I mean, what we focus on seems to be what we think is happening. All if we start focusing on all the blessings that God gives us, then our mind is is a lot freer, and we're going okay. It's not this, you know. It's not that we have any less things attacking us than we had, but our focus is on what's going right. Or we can focus on everything that's going wrong and forget that God's blessing us all the time. And well, this I can, is... And huh? I
1: always say, um, I don't think of that. I used to think that way. I think, well, I just I should just be thankful for what I have. I'm so blessed for what I have, and there's people in this world that is a lot worse thoughts of, so quit doing that, girl, quit thinking of that. I think
0: and, that, and that's an important thing for us. And I've shared with you, you know, sometimes you walk through the middle of some terrible experience and your eyes are on Jesus. And, and you kind of get to the end of it and think about all the things that have been going wrong and you know, could have been, you know, keeping you down. And you go, wow, I didn't even notice it because my eyes were on God. My eyes were on the good. Or I can be focused on the few bad things <laughs> happening to me and forget all about anything good that's going on. And when we do that, we tend to fall flat on our face and get depressed and and not want to serve God because everything is is going wrong. Verse 3 says, "What time I am afraid, I will trust in you." This is an important verse. This is this verse. Uh, there's banners and posters made out of this one. You know, when I'm afraid, I should turn around and turn my focus on God. And put my trust, my confidence in him, because he has in, in today's vocabulary, he has our back. Uh, you know, he's there ready to take care of us. He's not gonna let anything happen to us that he's not aware of. And this is the this is what David's saying, When I'm afraid, I will trust in you. That kind of goes to what you were saying, Sharon, you yeah. know, that you know, you know, say, hey, focus on what's good. You know, the, yeah. you know, it could be worse. You know, and, and that's something we can always look at. It could be worse. It's a kind of a depressive way to look at. Well, that's cheering <laughs> ourselves that's, up, but it, that's
1: one thing I think because I'm growing more into it and I'm learning more is that I'm more focusing into it. I don't think I mean I may be weird, but I don't think about the bad hardly anymore. I used to a lot.
0: And that's good. That's a lot of growth.
1: And and I trust very much.
0: Yeah. And this is where the key is. Where is my trust? If I'm worried about all the bad things, and I'm not putting a whole lot of trust in God because he's in control.
1: But the only thing I'm always afraid of is that everything that I'm really praying for or whatever, it always comes, and I think, why is he doing this to me? I mean, I'm not a angel. I mean, I'm nowhere close, but I love it, and I figure, you know, I keep on going, and I'm thinking, why is he doing this. I mean, he's doing good, not bad, you know.
0: Because he is good.
1: Yeah, that's, I know he's good, but he I is good
0: and he wants to give us there's good. There's
1: more people in this world that probably need him more.
0: He has plenty. God has no limit to his supply, so he can be as good as he wants to every single person that that he wants to bless.
1: So because I think there what, what no really ends. helps is that the more he does for me, the more I want to do, because I don't want to lose it. <laughs>
0: And, that, and that's not a bad, bad attitude either because we're told to be thankful for what he yeah. gives us. We're told well, yeah. to be good stewards of what he gives to us. And he loves us so much that he wants to give us things. And the problem is, like I say, we tend to say, okay, God, you know, I, don't, I can't understand why you're being so good to me. because I, And we know that we don't deserve it. But yeah. God says, I want to. I want to give you. You're my child. I want to give you
1: so it good things. So kind of feel like. In a way, I'm not bragging or anything. That I'm kind
0: of worth it then. Oh, worth it in his sight. Otherwise, he'd have never sent Jesus in the first place. But,
1: uh, and this God. is where we have
0: to get into our mindset because we go from one extreme. We either get really proud that we, did, you know, that God, God, deser- you know, I'm so good that I came to God. I well, deserve I- it. Or we can go the other direction and say, I'm so miserable, God. How can you give me anything? And God really wants us kind of in the center of it.
1: I think, yeah, yeah, uh, because I would never say I'm proud, I'm just...
0: Yeah, and I'm not saying the word, I'm just saying, that's the extreme. People go, God, you know, I came to you, you you, owe me. I'm just so
1: thankful, put it that way.
0: And that's the way he wants us. He wants us thankful. He wants us, he doesn't want us wallowing in self-pity and defeat, but he also doesn't want us to be proud, but he wants us, he wants to give us things, just as any parent wants to give their kids you know, things. Usually we want to give them more than we can afford. But you know we also want to make sure they're not spoiled brats getting everything. But we want to give. And God promises us he's going to give us our needs. But he also will give us a lot of the wants and, and, and good things for us just because he wants to bless us. And this is, this is the good thing. He says he wants to do that. And then in verse 4 it says, In God I will praise his word in God I have put my trust. I will not fear what the flesh can do. Notice this, in God. He's not doing it on his own. He's not praising God on his own in, in, in His uh, for his word or anything. He says, in God. If it wasn't for being in God, we could do nothing anyway. Because everything we do is in God. Because God is in us. So David's understanding that, you know, He is not the one that is going to be able to do this, but because he is in God, God cares for him. He can do all of it. And he says, in God, I will praise or extol or boast his word. God's word. This is the most important thing that we have when it comes to serving God is his word. It's what gives us peace. It's what gives us comfort. It's what gives us assurance. His word and it says, in God, I have put my trust, my confidence. He puts his confidence in God because God is the only one that can be faithful. I can't even be faithful and I know I want to do the best for me or I, what I think is best for me. And I can't be, put my trust in myself because I cannot. my flesh will always fail. But if I put my, flesh, my, my trust in God, he will not fail. And then it says, because his trust is in God, I will not fear what the flesh can do to me. His own flesh and his enemies. Okay? His enemies because our flesh is our enemy as well. Our flesh wants to take us away from God. Our flesh wants to take us into sin. So we are battling with our flesh and with the world as a whole. And David's saying, I will not fear what flesh can do, because his trust is in God. David was quite a man. It's hard to to understand how much David understood God's grace and his mercy. For being an Old Testament saint, he understood. He understood God's heart of wanting to help. You know, sometimes better than even we do. You know, God wants to help.
1: He wasn't the one that was on the rope that was...
0: Oh, that was somebody else. Was on the
1: on the ropes. On the
0: roof. On the roof. When that lady was.
1: Slayed. Yes, that was David. That, that's what I thought it was because. That was David. Said, that can't be David because not the You know, but. That I was David. David. Yeah, that yeah. was David's
0: great sin was yeah, the taking Bathsheba and having adultery, committing adultery, adultery with and Bathsheba, killing, and then yeah, murdering the her murdering, husband. Yeah,
1: thinking because when I because I know that story, but well, wow. If it's
0: and that was David. That's yeah, the same that's, David. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what I'm thinking. It was the same David. That was David's
0: big downfall. Yeah. and that was, be, and his downfall was because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. Because that verse starts out, in the time that kings go to war, David stayed home.
1: I think you know, really, in a way, probably everybody has, not everybody, but I had like that, not that Daniel, you know, but you know a downfall
0: at one time most everybody will have some downfall some big downfall in their life and it's usually for just the same reason that David had it; yeah. he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do David was not supposed to be in the city yeah. you know, you know he, he was supposed to be out with his army because it was the time that Kings went forth to war and he wasn't where he was supposed to saw something he wasn't supposed to to see and then acted upon what he, of the lust of what he saw
1: yeah, because when I was younger, after I graduated, I moved down to the beach, Capos Channel Beach, and I lived down there for a years, the first thing you
0: Oh, that's great. You me out. Yep. All right. Verse 5. Every day they rest my words. All their thoughts against me are are against me for evil. And this idea, every day they rest my words, they wrestle with me and they, they tumble them, they twist them. You know. And this is what the world will do often. Often with us, they, they twist. They, they twist the words and try to make, you know, try to make words say something different. It's what we're facing now in this whole homosexual marriage issue is you know they twist the Christians words and God's word against him saying well if they love them they should be okay with it because God is love and God's okay with it and God's not okay with it God's not never okay with sin he does love the individual but he's not okay with the sin he's he's not gonna change he's you know because what they'll tell us is, well, you, you, you have your faith in that old book that doesn't that you say doesn't change, yeah. but society is moving on. You know, See, Get get do. with us. Yeah.
1: Some things you don't change, I don't care. And might, might sin is sin. Yeah, I
0: sin is sin, and it doesn't matter what the world is saying because the world wants to do what's good in their own eyes, and they'll eventually say that all sin is, is okay because the flesh wants to sin and if you're not feeling the restraining of the Holy Spirit you're going to want to do whatever it is you want to do and it's not going to stop at homosexuality it's already starting to be they're already talking about pedophilia, pedophilia and bestiality and all these other other pro- things that God says are sin we already know they're twisting the you know the truth and, and making making lies to be true and you know they're, everything about the world is to make God's statements of what is sin and say, "Oh no, it's no problem." You know, it's you know, this is you know, grow up, get away from that old man's book, you know, that that isn't isn't hip for today. You know, just I, get get with the program, you know. It's funny.
1: I was talking to my sister Vicki, and I, and I do remember remember when Grandma was alive. Vicki was just getting married. She wanted to have some kids. That was 30 years ago or whatever, Grandma says, you don't want to raise any kids because it's going to be the end of the world. Because I remember when Grandma said, it's going to be the end of the world. You don't have any kids in this world. And I haven't remembered that. I said, I remember Grandma saying that. Because now I said, this is coming to the end of the world. That's mm-hmm. what we started talking about. I think
0: and it's a scary time to have kids because yeah. we're really as close as I think we are. These poor kids aren't going to have much, yeah. you know, much out there. And it's a scary time to have little kids because... You know, if it's not the end of the time, it's so close. But yeah. but you know, no matter where you're at, it's going to be, do you bring kids into this world? And God says they're going to be bringing, you know, just as the days of Noah where they were marrying and, oh, and, yeah. and living and partying and having kids and everything. And all of a sudden the flood, you know, I can guarantee you there were some kids on the, on the day when the flood happened that were only 24 hours old because that's life. There's kids being born all the time. And there was then and there are now. So when Jesus comes back with the rapture, there'll be kids being born and people getting married and, and all of this will be happening. And it's, it's a scary thing, and yet it's life. And God is saying, get ready. Get ready. Lift him up. Because the world is going to twist what we say anyway. They're going to try to twist it around. They're always fighting against us. Their, their thoughts against us are evil and this is the world we're living in right now the people's thoughts against god's people are evil and they don't they don't trust us they don't like us they think we're the they, they say we're the problem because we represent god we bring god in And you know, i've talked about us bringing god into a situation and they're not going to like it because they feel the conviction of god when we bring god into a situation when we speak they'll fight and twist the words but they feel the conviction and, they're not, and they don't. There are. There is a large percentage of the people who despise Christians because we bring God into every situation, and they're going to look at the ones who claim to be Christians that don't have God in their heart, and don't bring God into the situation. And say, why can't you be more like them? They, you know, they they they're okay with us. That's because they're not a Christian. They don't have God in them. They may say they do, and the same thing's going to happen when, when. Things start moving, and churches say, no, we're going to stand for God, and they're going to go, well, this other church has no problem with it. Well, that other church doesn't have God. God's not welcome in their church. They're not
1: believing the whole book.
0: They're not believing the book. They're not believing God. They probably don't believe in God at all, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: much less not listening to him.
1: See, I'm glad I'm doing things backwards, which is great, because I do a lot of things backwards, and now I'm doing where even just yesterday, I taught, I, I don't care who it is now, before I would never do it, when I had the customers yesterday, I said, you know what, I just want to thank you so much because you answered my prayer because I been praying for, so, to sell some of my stuff, you know, and and it was so cool because the guy said, well, remember, because he lives in, in Las Vegas, and he said, well, I got one of your crosses a couple of months ago, I said, oh, okay. <laughs> good. But no, it's just, like, I'm not afraid to express
0: my feelings anymore now. Yeah, but sharing God is so important for us. It, yeah. you know, he he tells us to, and we need to. Verse six: They gather themselves together; they hide themselves; they mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Our enemies watch us; they look for us; they're waiting for us to to fall. It says they gather themselves together; they hide themselves; they're 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 watching very carefully. And that's what it says. They mark my steps. They're looking at what, what are we doing? How can, they, how can they do it when they wait for our soul? I
1: like mindset that as they wait to take my life.
0: Yep. That's,
1: yeah.
0: I like this one a little better because soul is what they're really after. Yeah, 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 that's a- they're really after our soul and, our, and who we are because ideally they want us to fall. Because then they can point, and point at us and say, you know, hey, you, know, you, you say all these things, but look how, look, at, look at the things you're doing you know, when you do these wrong things or, or they trip you up and you, and you say something you shouldn't say or you act the way you shouldn't act because we're human. We're human and we walk in our flesh and sometimes we make, you know, make, our, make our testimony look bad and that's when we repent and we go forward and we march forward with God and, but they're watching us. They're looking for any little end that they can make. Even if it's going to be taking something we said not, we said the right thing but not quite the right way and they'll twist those words. And it is so critical out there. We've got, we've got so many scientists that, teaching in universities that won't say that they don't believe in evolution because there's so much stacked against them that they're afraid to. They're afraid to say that they don't believe in it because all the powers above them believe in it and, it, and won't give them tenure and will kick, try to kick them out of the colleges. That, you know, we need to begin to where we don't fear the flesh. We don't fear people. We fear what God can do to us. And that's what, that's what we're told. You know, fear the God who, has des- who ha- controls your soul, not the people that can take your life. The worst anybody can do here on earth is almost kill you. you know, they can send you home. You know, they can make your life miserable. But that's the worst they can. For a short period of time, they can make our life miserable. And then we go home and we have eternity to stand before God. And it's important. And what you find out is what you find out, And The more you open your mouth and talk about God, all those people you thought were going to get mean and nasty and argue with them, there's so many people out there that appreciate hearing about God. There's going to be those who are going to get mean and nasty, but they're not important, really. There's so many people out there that are going to go thank you or yes I agree with you or I love having somebody that speaks up for God, and we need to get to that point. It's amazing. I've done street evangelism. I've done all this, you know, the things. And it's amazing when you start talking. You're always afraid that nobody's going to listen and nobody's going you know, they're going well, to get like, mad at yeah. you. It's
1: like I say, all the years when I had my shop for 20 years, it just lapsed five percent, five percent or whatever. I'll, I listen to Christian music, and so many people, they get such, I love your music, and like before, I, you know, I didn't know if they would really notice it or not, But I'm glad that you could, even once in a while, I, I'll hear them humming the song, you know, or yep. singing with it,
0: you know, which is cool. And that's and the that's important, and there's peace in God in, in Christian music. There really is yeah. a lot of peacefulness in that, in that music. It's And, uh... And, you know, and I love it when I walk into a shop that's running Christian music. And I'll always comment to them, yeah, I love your music, because I want them to know that it's good music. Yeah, I went in just that that not good music, a while ago on yeah. the
1: old um, Andy Devine or whatever it is. the little shops, and this lady had Christian music on, and I said, I love your music. Because that's the first time that I heard Christian music in another shop, mm-hmm. which
0: I thought was cool. Yep. And, and, and that's an important thing for us. Verse seven: they, Shall they escape by iniquity? In their anger, cast down the people, O God! And David's starting to get the precatory prayer here. God, God, get them! <laughs> That's basically what he said. God, get them! You know, shall they shall they escape the iniquity? You know, in your anger, cast down or, or bring them low. You know, bring them down to nothing. David is getting a little aggressive here and saying, God, basically saying, go get them. <laughs> And we all kind of feel that way at any at any time. And if we want anybody to get them, it should be God. But I've commented how many times that I've seen people that have got, been gotten by God, you know, because of their sin. And I've watched them have their lives destroyed, sometimes lose their life. And I couldn't be, I could never say these prayers that David said. I could never say, God, go get them, even though I felt it. Because when God goes to get somebody, I feel terrible because it. Their lives are ripped, ripped up.
1: So is that really bad if you think that way? I don't
0: sometimes know that. I, I don't know that, that it's loving. <laughs> I don't know that it's a loving. I think add-in. that way when
1: somebody's been. You know, I'm thinking. You know, I'm not bad, but you know, I hope. I hope they just get it. You know? mm-hmm.
0: It's not showing any love. I know that they're getting what they deserve. I know that they're re- reaping what they sow. Yeah. Uh, but I've learned God has put so much love in my heart for people that it breaks my heart when I see it happen to them. So I, for me, anyway, it would be very bad because my, God's put love into my heart and I could never make that prayer because, I, like I said, I feel bad when I see somebody.
1: But when they do it over and over and over and over, you get tired of it. Like, I wish I thought they would, you know, be a
0: little more at ease and not, you know, be. Believe me, I understand. I understand the, the desire. <laughs> I understand David's desire here to say, go yeah, get him, God. I really,
1: really
0: do. Um, I understand that the whole desire of wanting people to pay for, for how much they've hurt. Now, I'm more likely to do it for somebody hurting somebody else than for me, uh, but I w- would always pray for the people. And I guess by praying for them, the God, I still pray God for gets hold of them. them. I'm afraid that sometimes that releases you know them. That. Actually, you know. uh, but David was big for precatory prayers, and that's what it's called—a precatory prayer when you're when you're asking God to go get them. That's uh, a prayer, a prayer of uh, defend. You know, God, def, you know, defend. God, go get. David does a lot of those in the Psalms, but he was a warrior. This was his mindset. You know, in one sense, it's probably good that he's asking God to go get them rather than I'm going to go get them, uh, because he he's a warrior. He's a you know, he's a king. He, he's, he's one that could uh, go out and he could go take care of them himself. So I guess in his case, having saying, God, you go get them,
1: yeah, you know, is it's probably it's a whole lot better than him going yeah, to go get them. you're not supposed to do it.
0: You're but figure God can do it. But yes, uh, the Bible is full of precatory prayers all in the Old Testament. Okay, and there's a lot of people who believe, because they're all in the Old Testament, that we have been we have been told to love one another and and do good to one another, love our enemies. Yeah. It's probably by the way Jesus has raised the standard a sin for us to go say go get them. Um, That's
1: why I say, I think kind of God. Not, yeah, not, not
0: me. Uh, or, because it's not loving our to to tell God to go get our enemies is well, probably not, not the most loving know, thing I, that we can do. I, I I do it a
1: certain way because, like you said, you know every thought you're thinking of, so I yeah. I, I think mm-hmm. you know what I'm thinking of, so why should I even
0: say it I mean. yeah uh, and we and I can guarantee all of us have been there at some place where our mind has gone to God go get them uh, and God heard that prayer so at that point we have to go no God I didn't mean that prayer you know it's
1: uh, but like you said they have them. Huh?
0: oh people deserve yeah. it sometimes yeah. it's worth, I mean, I sometimes bringing them down to their knees is what will bring them to God but and
1: this is the
0: third time it has, it still isn't. And God, it, and, and I've said it over and over, we, real, we will reap what we sow. If we're sowing strife, we're st- sowing conflict, we will reap the results of that fruit. You know? And this is why we want to, sh- to sow love. We want to sow honor and edification, so that we reap the fruits that are good fruit, because we're going to reap whatever we sow. They're going to reap whatever they sow. And this is why I don't have to pray that prayer because I know they're going to reap it anyway. You know, my prayer is, please come to God so you don't have to suffer from the fruit of what you're sowing. Because we look at Saul of Tarsus, he's walking going down Damascus, getting ready to grab Christians and bring them to court and, and bring them to you know to to trial and and so that they'll die. You know. God knocks him off his horse. He he comes to God. And for the rest of his life, Saul has a hard life. As he becomes Paul, he has a hard life. He sowed seeds of contention and strife amongst the Christians. And he paid a heavy price for that. Even though he got saved, everywhere he went, he had contention. Everywhere he went, he had attacks. Everywhere he went, people were threatening his life. He was beat, he was stoned, he was, you know, at one point we do believe that he died and went to heaven and was resurrected again, okay? So he suffered greatly and most of it, I believe, was because he made the Christians suffer so bad and he was harsh, you know, he was, he was public enemy number one of the Christians, you know, if they, if they had a public enemy, he would have been it. You know, don't get to know, don't, if you even see this guy, get moving because you're gonna be arrested. So. (laughs)
1: Elihu? I didn't
0: know that word, Elihu, Elihu. Are you
1: looking at Elihu? Elihu. Elihu. Elihu, okay.
0: Verse eight, you take my wanderings, put my tears in your bottle are they not in your book? So David's saying, God, you know, when I'm wandering, you know, when I go off the wrong direction, you know, you know, how how I am, and God knows that we are going to wander, we are going to make bad decisions, we are going to follow the wrong paths. And this is critical. God already knows it. and He knows that we're going to and we need to know that we're going to, even if, we're gonna, even if we want to follow Him with all of our heart, we will make bad decisions. We will go down the wrong path. Because if we didn't, He would just take us home because we'd be perfect. We'd be like Enoch or Elijah, who went home because they were as close to perfect as a human can get. And they went home. God took them home. And so if we get that good, God will say, okay, I'm just going to take you home. I'm not going to be a candidate in that camp, I don't think. I've never been that good. (laughs) But this is where we're at. Eventually, God's going to say, call us all home for the marriage supper of the Lamb, and it'll be the rapture, and all the Christians will be taken from this world. I
1: can't wait. And the Holy
0: Spirit will, the restraining power of the church, it's going to be interesting when we see, well, we won't see, but when the world sees how much the church was helping them. You know, if you look at history, if you look at history and how the church changed the world, we don't understand because we live in a changed world where the church mightily changed the world. Where love became the, the habit, where hospitals were built, orphanages were built. You know, we did all these things to help the poor and the needy. Before the Christian church, the poor and the needy were, were considered wasted time and effort. Don't even... Don't even try to help them because they don't deserve it. They're not strong enough to live. And we can't comprehend that kind of society. And we start looking around us as we're starting to see that society come back. We're looking at it and saying, man, this society is violent. How can how can people think this way? And they're thinking the way the world thinks. And if you really want to see it, you look at some of these Asian and Middle Eastern and African countries that haven't, aren't based on God and you start seeing the violence and the and the mistreatment of the poor and the, and the weak. And you start wondering, how could they? Well, they don't have the Christian background that says, treat the poor good. You know, and it's so interesting because you'll talk to some of these people, especially as practice. Some of the religions practiced in America are so funny because they don't teach and do what they do in their home countries. You know, You look at the Muslim world. And here in America, they try, to, they try to be nice to the people that they, you know, put on this nice, peaceful face. But in, in, in Muslim world countries, you don't want to be a woman in a Muslim country because you have no rights. None, because you're not even considered a, a, a human based hardly. You know, and the poor and the needy are just beat down and, and abused. And they talk about wanting to do good for people. You, know, you get into the Asian countries where all the Zen philosophies go get get put into practice, and they're not very kind to people either, because in their mind, good and bad have to be in total equal equilibrium. It, for any good act, there has to be a bad act, in the, a bad action in, the, in their man, mindset, because they have to be in balance.
1: Oh, you thank
0: God we're not in those countries. And it's great, but we're we're moving in those directions as we get further and further away from God's way of doing things and God's standard we're seeing more and more of this beating up on the poor and, and being critical of the poor and and the weak and the disabled are being pushed aside because they're not worthy of life in their mindset because they're not strong enough and that is the world's way of thinking When we talk about the evolutionary mindset, you know, the evolutionary mindset is the strong survive and the weak die. Mm. Okay, and that is how they're going to treat individuals. If you're not strong enough to stand up for yourself and defend yourself, then in their mind you deserve to be died or at, at best subjugated into whatever they want you to do. Okay. Hitler's whole lifestyle was based on that. He based his lifestyle on the idea of evolution and that strength made right. If you were strong enough, you had the right to make everybody do what you wanted to do. And this is where our world is headed to. It's headed to this whole idea of I'm strong, you're weak, I can rule. And we see that. You listen carefully to many of our politicians and they they will say just that. They don't care about the poor. They don't care about the weak. They care only about keeping their position. And we start talking to people, and you start hearing this kind of, you know, be aware of it. When you start listening to the world, listen to them. Watch the TV shows that aren't godly TV shows, and you're going to see that same mentality.
1: I don't watch those shows. I used to, you know, it's just that they're so.
0: Because even the police get a little brutal on most of these shows because they are doing whatever it takes to get the bad guy and show that they're stronger. And this is where, this is where we are at in our world right now. Our world is getting more and more evil, more and more to the point where, str- where the strongest will survive and the weak will be subjugated or killed. That's
1: why I think I've been watching the old black and white movies. I like those movies, because they're clean and cleaner. cowboy movies. And clean, cleaner, cleaner, cleaner anyway. I mean, not like how it is now, put it that
0: way. But even in the 50s with all the cowboy movies, the strongest one, the strongest cowboy oh, yeah. put his his rule on everybody else. So it was the same mentality. It was cleaner, but it was the good guy who always won. Uh, but some of those good guys were pretty violent in the way they won. Mm-hmm. And... It's the same mentality, but it was kind of cleaned up and not not well, as I'm bad. Well, I'm
1: just saying the reason I watch it because I don't I don't have to worry about any of these gay people kissing each other. Or
0: well, you've got the I mean it was a cleaner it was cleaner it yeah, was a clean, and,
1: but I don't like the new ones where. It's,
0: but it's, I'm just saying the undercurrent of what was yeah. taught is the same undercurrent yeah. of what you're seeing today, except that they're throwing in a lot more of the sin sinful world into yeah. this into into today's shows, and. It is where we're at. God is going to bring judgment on this world. He will bring judgment. He will give evil the fruit that it has sown. Sometimes he holds it back, trying to bring, give them an opportunity to repent, but he will reap what they sow.
1: Mm-hmm. See, we don't have cable, but on Facebook, I noticed that there's going to be a, these people are going to just make a Christian movie channel. It's and I would work love on. to watch that, but I can't because I have this antenna. And yeah. I'm not getting, because we have no people there, we got to get settled. Right? And
0: yeah, and there's a there's a number of, uh, Christians are God pushing back. back, Christians yeah. are pushing back and trying to, we're seeing more quote-unquote Christian movies being made, and some yeah. of them are good, some aren't. But, but
1: it's a whole channel, it's going yeah. to be all, you know.
0: The, it's going to be good shows. Like the are, things
1: that we saw Friday, yeah. like that mm-hmm. kind of stuff, you know.
0: Yeah. And it says, "Put my tears in your bottle." This is David saying, "Okay, God, when I cry, I want you to remember them. I want you to uh, to to see them." Now, there there are different religions out there that they literally, when they cry, they gather their tears so they can be put before their God. Uh, And I don't know that David's thinking of this. I think he's literally just thinking, "God, I I'm crying. I'm I'm sad. Remember me. Remember those." But Revelation tells us that God has our tears in the bottle. That He has, every time that we have gone into deep pain and stress, He has collected them and He's remembering our pain and our sorrow. So this is a prayer that David's making and yet it's a very true prayer that God's going to say, I remember. I remember when you hurt. I remember when you were tired. I remember when you cried. And we, it's nothing wrong with crying for God. He wants us to be tender enough to, to come to tears. You know, it's not not supposed to be macho to cry in our in, in the world who tell us don't don't have emotions. But God's saying, He has He has emotions. He has those desires. He wants us to be very tender, because if you're not tender, you're not going to help people. There's no reason to help people if you're not tender to their to their needs. And God is saying, I've collected and it says are they not in your book and, and the Bible talks about several books that God has the book where he records all that we've done all that we've said
1: that's what's scary you know kind of, probably, that
0: <laughs> in, in our day we would we, we, we wouldn't even have said book in this we would say your recording of us yeah because I believe that's actually what he's yeah. got for us he doesn't have books that he's gonna open up he's gonna have actual recordings and saying this is your life <laughs> You know, and show you every opportunity you had to come to God and every time you rejected him and every time you mistreated somebody, unless it's under the blood, it'll be there being broadcast. And then there'll be these spots for, for us Christians where, oh, look at that. It's red. <laughs> I don't remember what was happening there, but I'm sure glad that it, or, or or maybe worse off, I remember what's happening. and I'm glad nobody else is seeing it. But he's. He's got books, he's got recordings, he's got evidence for every single person who's ever lived. And the most important one is he has the book of life. That's
1: just so amazing.
0: Yeah. The book of life, are our names in the book of life? Have we accepted Jesus Christ? Our name is in the book of life. And when the book of life, and the book of life is a very specific book in the, in the Hebrew mind. When the Hebrews went out to war, all the soldiers would sign what was called the Book of Life. It was, I'm a live soldier, I'm going to war. When they died, their name was scratched out of the Book of Life. Oh. Blotted out, they died in battles. Name name scratched, no longer in the Book of Life.
1: I thought we the other way around, because you would be in the Book of Life, so that means you have eternal life, so you wouldn't get your name scratched
0: out. You scratched out when you reject God oh. and die. Oh, okay, and because that's the way the book of life worked, it's kind of a strange book, you know. Because you would think, okay, yeah. at the end of the war, you'd have everybody sign their name. These are yeah. the guys who are still alive. Yeah. But that's not the way they did it. Um, and that's why it says God's not going to blot our name out of the book of life. You know, when we're a Christian, blotting out meant to take it out. They died. They died. Died in their sins. They went to. They did not have eternal life. They rejected Him. And so this very specific book. It says. Verse 9, when I cry unto you, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is with me. When I cry, the enemies are going to flee. <laughs> They're going to run away when I called out to you, God, because God stands up to defend. God stands up to defend, and the enemy will leave. Yeah. The enemy can only last for so long. And this is one of the things I say. We need to have God in our heart. And when, when Satan goes knocking on the door, we say, go get him, Jesus.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Jesus goes to the door and says, yes, can I help you? And Satan says, nope, I'm leaving. Wrong person answered the door. I was really hoping for the other person that I could manipulate. This is why it's important for us to have our flesh crucified in living in us, going, living through us, so that when it's time to have trouble, he's the one that goes and deals with it. And he says, when I cry unto you, and I hope you've had those times when you just cry out to God, say, God, I've had too much, I can't handle this anymore, you take care of it. And then he stands up and he takes care of it and the enemy flies. You know, the enemy flies because they know that they are defeated. Then we go into a repeat on this, verse 10, in God... I will praise his word. In the Lord I will praise his words. So we're back to the end, but this time it says a little something different. He starts out with the in but then he goes in the Lord I will praise his word. Lord is a little more intimate than God. God is strong. God is God is imper switching to in the Lord. In the Lord, the one I listen to, the one that cares about me because he's the master. In the Lord, I will praise his word. And I hope that our relationship with him is is that he is our Lord, he's our Savior, he's our master. He cares for us. He is not just our God. He is just not the creator of the universe out there. And he is all of that. But he is our Lord, our Savior. He's the one that has a personal interest in us, a personal interest in us. The, the 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 king would have their servants, and they might mistreat their servants themselves. But I can guarantee you, it's kind of like the brother and sister routine. You know, I can mistreat my brother or my sister, but you can't mistreat my brother and sister. Attitude that we have. You know, I can say they're a dummy and they're and they're. They're brats, but don't you <laughs> say anything about them. And you've seen this, you know, you see this all the time where somebody will stand and defend their their, their brother and sister, or especially kid brother or sister, you know, that, you know, and somebody stands up against, you know, says something against them. You know, maybe they've even said the same thing you said about them, but no, you can't say that about them. I can because I love them and care about them, but you can't because you don't have that attitude. And God, you know, and masters might have that attitude. They might. Not care, but they care about having a good servant. And God is going to stand up and protect us because we're His servants. We're His children. He's not going to let anybody come against us. And it says, verse 11, In God I have put my trust. I will not be afraid of what man can do to me. I have put my confidence in God. I will not be afraid of anybody else. My prayer for everybody in our church is that we grab hold of this verse. Put our confidence in God and not be afraid of what others are going to say and speak out for God. Speak out for him. Take a stand. Because it's going to be a time very soon where we have to take a stand. And it may be coming very soon with, with our Supreme Court's marriage, marriage uh, gay rights marriage uh, exactly. uh, decision. Sometime in the end of the or begin, of this month or beginning of next. Very, very soon. We're only weeks away from it. And we need to take a stand and be like the apostles in the book of Acts and say we, need, we must obey God rather than man in this issue because this is, a, this is an issue that violates God's word. And we need to be ready to take a stand and say and we're going to honor God. We're going to obey God. We're going to do what God says. It doesn't matter what the world says. And it's going to come. And it's coming fast. Mm-hmm. There's certain things where I don't care, you know. I mean, I believe that we have the right because the government says to keep armed and everything, but the Bible isn't one that has a strong stance on being armed. You know, when it comes to free speech and being able to speak for God and take a stand for God, that is his standard. He gave us that standard. That's not one that they can take away. When it comes to marriage, I'm not going to let them define what marriage is. You know, there's certain things that they can take away and I'm going to go, okay, uh, you know, not a big deal. It's not against the Bible. But as soon as they start crossing what the Bible says,
1: then I obey
0: God. I obey God rather than, than the government and take whatever comes, comes from it. Because it is critical that we do this. It's critical that we be ready to take a stand for God. Not to be, not to be violent or anything, but we just take a stand and saying, I am going to defend what God says. We'll take our, we'll take our picture from the, the apostles in the book of Acts. They preached the word of God, they got arrested, they got beat, and they went back out and preached again, got arrested, got beat. And the key to this is the government has the right to do whatever it wants to do because it is God's authority. But when they disobey God, we have to obey God. And then we take the punishment that they say is going to be ours to take because they have the right. They will answer to God. And God, when they stand before the throne, God's going to say, what did you think you were doing? And there's going to be punishment for it. But we have to be ready to receive the punishment for disobeying the government to obey God. Because the government is authority placed by God. And unfortunately, this country is starting to get the government that it deserves because of the sin of this country. We need a revival. We need to come back to God. We need people standing up for God and seeing a great revival. I would love to see it happen. I don't believe it will happen, but I would love to see it. I, this is one area where I would love to be wrong, and see I a great I revival sweep this country. I just pray that it's not
1: going to pass. But I, no, not all my get answered, but I'm just putting it in God's hands.
0: And it has to be it has to be in God's hand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But we as a people need to be ready to to preach the gospel. Because even when things things are hard, God says speak the gospel and he's going to be able to bring things happening. We'll see great miracles happening. When when God's people are oppressed, God's spirit moves and we'll see it. His spirit will move. He says Verse 12, your vows are upon me, O God. I will render praise unto you. God's promises. His promises to keep us, to protect us. He is the good shepherd. He's going to put us in places of green pasture, of of slow moving water, of comfort. We will still have troubles all around us. Some will lose their lives on it. But in the long run, we gain. We have everything to gain because we have heaven. We have something, and we need to start focusing more and more on heaven. Because that's where our home is. That is where there will be peace. That is where we will have rest. Until then, we have all kinds of things coming against us. And we're gonna have more and more trials, more and more tribulations. But God is in control. He will give us the peace that passes understanding. And we've got to understand, you look at the apostles and the peace that they had in spite of everything that was going on. You look at Paul and Silas. They've been, they were arrested for preaching in the, in the street. They were beat. They were, they were scourged. They were thrown into, he- into the jail in the stocks. And those jails were not nice you know, like our jails are. They were stinky dungeons with rats running around and, and unsanitary. And what are, they, what are they doing at midnight? praising God, singing songs, <laughs> keeping everybody awake with the praise of, to God, and then God delivered them. But the peace, how could anybody, after they've been beat and, 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 and punished, be praising God? Because they understood what was going on. And they looked at it, as we've said so many times, they looked at it that they were worthy of suffering like Jesus and for Jesus we need to change the way we think when we suffer and say I am suffering for Jesus now if I've done a lot of bad things and wrong things I'm suffering for all the bad and wrong I've done but when I'm serving Jesus and I'm being punished because I serve Jesus I need to be praising God that I am worthy of suffering as Jesus did for Jesus and it's critical that we get that God has promised us good he's promised us a home in heaven he didn't promise us a good time here on earth necessarily but he said he'd protect us he would give us peace he would give us a calmness
1: you and know not saying that i would want it then but i really really believe and i really think if i had to get beat you know because i believe in god i would want it. and before I, before i would never say that i would want it because I would do it again and again and again and keep doing it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Because it your is attitude is you want to serve God.
1: Yeah. I figure that's one thing they cannot take away. It's just like, in a way, how I say, like, people, family people or whatever can take away stuff from my mom, but her memory can never go away in my yeah. in my heart and my brain. That's what I You can take whatever you want, but you can't take away the memory. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: And this is where it's critical for us because... Number one, we don't know what we're going to do until we're going to get there. But the good news is God has promised us the grace to get through whatever it is that we need to go through. Whatever it is, if God says I'm going to have to be beat, he's going to give me the grace to be able to go through the beating and and go through this. And again, this is a place where Fox's Book of Martyrs is a great book to be able to read when you see that and you see what happened to these people.
1: What's it called?
0: Fox's Book of Martyrs. Foxes, F O X E S, Foxes, F-O-X-E-S. Fox's Book of Martyrs, and it describes what the Christians have gone through over the o, o, since the beginning of Christianity up through the Middle Ages, and talks about how they were punished, how God gave them the grace to go through the punishment. Martyr, um, and. It's a hard book to read in one sense because it graphically describes some of what they went through. That'll
1: be a long time until i have done doing it. this a couple times.
0: Yeah. but i
1: got to first do this a couple times.
0: But we want to just share with you because uh, think probably. about this. This book, this book talks about people who would be going to the, to the uh, flames to be burned at the stake and they would be singing and praising God while the fires are burning around them. It being ripped apart by animals and, and, and praising God. You know, and it, when people would look on it, they would look at them and say, how can these nuts, how can these idiots be praising God as they're being ripped apart? But it made an impression on people. Yeah. It made an impression on people that they serve something that is above death. And this is why it's important for us to really get this. Now, I, none of us know what we're going to do if we're faced with that. But if we're truly following God, God's going to give us the grace to be able to say, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow God no matter what they do to me. No matter how many red hot iron pokers they put on me. No matter how much pressure they put on me. You know, they rip me to shreds. I'm going to follow God.
1: Couldn't it be too whenever that would happen? You have the spirit of God in you and that kind of helps you. Me, exactly. That's exactly I, what I'm saying. I, I, His yeah, grace yeah. gives us the power to do it where you don't really feel it.
0: And, and it's I obvious that many of these people in Fox's Book of Martyrs didn't feel it. When you're being burned at the stake and you're praising God, you're not feeling it. You know, your body is being burnt to a crisp and you're praising God. You're, you're, you're being pulled apart by, by horses on all four directions of your body being pulled and and you're praising God. You're right. You're not feeling because God is the one saying, thank you for being my servant. And maybe he takes the soul from the body before it's dead and uh, and the body is just this carcass being torn apart because God says, I'm not going to make you go through this. Who knows what it is? Yeah. Maybe he just kills all the yeah. pain receptors and says, just keep praising me and be an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and I'm going to tell you, Fox's Book of Murders is a hard book to read because it's very graphic. And I don't even go into some of the worst things that happen. Uh, but it's a, it's one that builds your confidence that God is going to protect and God's going to say, I'm going to give you this the ability to go through and, and handle this. And God is out there. And, and even today, people are being martyred, people are being killed. And some horrific deaths. And we watched those Christians being beheaded on the the news that one time. And beheading is not a bad way to go if you're going to be martyred compared to some of the things that that have been done in the past. But not saying that it was a good thing, but I'm just saying it's of all the ways they could have chosen to kill people, at least it was quick. Uh, But God is out there and I loved it when the thing I loved about it when they were killing those twenty-some Egyptian Coptic Christians was they were praying they were praying they were an example to the world of how Christians die at at martyrs hands they were praying to God and and I'm sure their prayers weren't God get these people but God bring them to you bring them to you and the last verse here you shall snatch my soul from death Will, will not you deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. And this is one of the most interesting verses when you look at it. God, I trust you to take my life and bring it to heaven. And David goes on, And I know that you can deliver me from falling in this world. So many people I meet say that they trust God to take them to heaven, but they live like God can't take care of them on this world. And you're, you know, to me, I look at that and I'm going, how can you trust God to deliver you for eternity, but you can't trust him for today in this world, in the way you walk? And David's saying, God, I trust you. You're going to deliver me from death. You're going to snatch me away from death. You're going to snatch my soul right at the moment of death and not let me die. And I know that you can keep me from falling on this while I'm, while I'm walking. This is a really interesting verse when you look at it. God's power does not start at death. It starts from the moment we are with him and he protects us. He is going to keep us. He's going to keep us from falling. He's going to deliver us that I may walk before God in the light of the living. We walk before God in light and in life and we keep it. He delivers us from death so that we'll never experience darkness. Paul says it, that to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. The moment that we die, that our body ceases to be alive is when our spirit and soul leave this body and I transition from this world to the presence of God. And I just leave my body behind and I keep going forward you know, in one sense when you see a ghost movie, they kind of got it right. The, the spirit just keeps, the body falls and the, the spirit goes on. Except that they leave the body, they leave the spirit in this world. And, and in reality, our spirit leaves the body and just leaves this entire dimension and just walks right into the dimension where God's existing and we stand before God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That is a beautiful thing. If and when I have to face any kind of death, God's going to say, I'm just taking your body, come on out, you know, you, I'm taking your spirit from your body. Yeah, we'll let them do whatever they want to the body, but you're with me.
1: But you know what, Sony? I don't know if I told you guys this. It was, um, when, well, before my mom passed away, when she was on oxygen, she was doing really bad. She was in the house by herself, and she fell down on the floor in the bathroom. She couldn't get up. She says, she swears, she says, this, this guy picked me up that was wearing all gold, she couldn't see the face, mm-hmm. but picked her up, took her to the bed. But the way she said it, I believe so much because she couldn't see the face. It was just like, a, to me, it just took her to the bed and mm-hmm. she stayed there because there's no way she could have got up.
0: An- angels are out there. There, there are angels. Yeah,
1: and there I, are angels
0: that are protecting people. You look at what Elijah, Elisha but now said. She'll
1: tell me. She could she could tell me everything, but she I couldn't I didn't see the face like mm-hmm. the two-faced. Yeah. But everything else was just brilliant, all and
0: white. God, there are battles going on. There's a spiritual world raging around us right now, that would scare us if we saw it. Angels are out there. Angels will every once in a while, for, you know, be seen and protect. Uh, Abraham Abraham saw the angels as, as as Jesus and the two angels sat down with him and. And God says, shall I hide from Abram what I'm going to do? Lot saw the angels who who actually took them by their hands and drug them from the town because they didn't want to leave, that God was going to destroy. Uh, we see angels all over the place. An angel appeared to Peter in, in the jail while the people were praying for him and said, come, and walked him out of the prison. You know, and then disappeared. And he goes, I knew I saw an angel. And
1: I was just because it happened yeah, in a couple right of around. Times couple other incidents, you know, and my mom she was a good Christian and she really believed in I thought that was just so peaceful and so beautiful. Yep.
0: And we hear stories all the time of angels doing yeah. things for doing people, things for she just she did but
1: out of office. No. I the way I could feel it, I have no, she, I believe it. so, so I have
0: no doubt. I mean we have the story of Lynn driving, you know, making making turns on a on a car that had no tie rod, an impossible, an impossible thing to do. Now she didn't actually see an angel, but I can guarantee you there was an angel turning that tire because you cannot steer a car with a broken tie rod. Even if it's only one tie rod, you cannot steer the car with, without a you know, without a tie rod. Uh, are there angels out there? Absolutely. Are there angels protecting us? Absolutely. Will they show themselves on Snow Island? Yes. We're told to be hospitable to strangers because some have entertained angels unaware. We don't know who it is that we're dealing with because it just is a matter of showing God's mercy and all kinds of stories. There's all kinds of stories. You start reading missionary biographies and you'll find all kinds of stories about people having miraculous things happen to them I love this story about this one missionary who was traveling between two villages through the middle of a, a jungle. And everybody says, no, you can't travel. It's dangerous. There's bandidos on that jungle. And he goes, well, I got to get to this other village and I'm going to pray that God protects me. And he drove with no, no, no problem. He got to the town and then this one really top guy on the bandidos came to him. He goes, where did you get that army of men that were surrounding you? And he's going, what are you talking about? He goes, you had great big soldiers with fully fully decked out. Where'd you get that army? Where'd they go? You know, the bandito saw angels,
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is, I think that it's so cool because that, it's just neat because you have to believe and you have to have this, despair in the, you know.
0: nothing will ever happen to us that God is not going to allow because he has the power to make sure Nothing is going to happen. Whether it's protecting us from being arrested, protecting us from dying, protecting us from getting hurt, He has the power to make sure that what He wants and what He declares is going to happen. And that is what we can rest in. If I'm going to die, if I'm going to get, suffer pain, it's because God allowed it in the first place, and then He's going to give me the grace and mercy to go through that. Okay. We're going to close in prayer and... Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for your learning. We thank you that you protect and guide us and that you lead us and that you will,
1: only what you have for us could come to us. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.